You're listening to Design Atlas Season 3. Data. What is it? And is it actually all around us for every living moment of our lives? Also, how can we communicate this with a global audience for a quick and easy understanding of any given topic? The way that I'm seeing my work is really like a bridge between the raw source or the raw material that we have and the audience. That's Valentina De Filippo, a visual designer, illustrator, and creative director based in London. She has been working with public organizations, startups, agencies, and global brands for more than 11 years. Having worked in numerous fields, she currently runs her own practice full-time. One of the most unique characteristics of Valentina is that she pursues imaginative and compelling visual language. Through the use of information design and data visualization, where her work takes many forms from digital to analog. I feel especially working with data, there is so much happening in the field. From a tech perspective, there are like lots of new softwares coming up that allows you to visualize data, but also ways of actually recording data, so more data available. Different sectors and companies are becoming more aware of the need of actually communicating insights more effectively. So I think like the the whole field is really blooming right now. And to be honest with you, I feel like I'm kind of at the beginning. <laughs> Although I've been, I've been working in this field for quite um, a few years now, I feel like I'm still very much at the beginning. I'm learning every day, I'm exploring new things. So yeah, I'm very excited actually about this path. For Valentina, it's all about presenting the data and engaging the audience to understand exactly what she's trying to communicate through that data. The exciting part for her is that there are always new mediums to be explored and methods to expand one's ideas. So where exactly did Valentina's love of data design come from? Well, I guess it's been a journey because I didn't really set to become a data designer or an information designer. In fact, I was trained as an engineer. I studied industrial design in Italy and Spain. And then while I was doing my BA, I started to get closer to the idea of visual communication because I liked the immediacy of branding or graphic design or photography. You know, the fact that with an image, you can just communicate a story and you can get it out there without going into the engineering process of, I've got an idea and then you need to go through three or four years of production before that idea is actually being produced and put into market. While I was uh, taking some elective courses, I started to uh, yeah, be inspired by visual communication. So I decided to move to London and I did my uh, postgraduate degree, degree in um, graphic design. And while I was studying, I started to basically do data visualization without actually being fully aware that I was visualizing data. But I was just researching topics that I was interested in. Specifically, I was deconstructing the shining by Kubrick just looking at the colors and the tempo of the movie and how Kubrick was using all these different elements to emphasize the narration and also to generate certain emotions in the in the audience and then also I started to look into gender stereotypes in books for kids and I look at a hundred bestseller books and I started to identify all this visual grammar of how we present women and men 
and this was 2006 and unfortunately like the visual grammar that I actually collected was uh, it's pretty sad you know like the man is sitting on the sofa is the guy that he's got the money is the intellectual person wearing the glass and the mom was like cooking all of these kind of things and I started to basically compile data and then visualize it and then I play with kids for about a week I had a sample of 50 kids during uh, summer school in Italy where I tested this uh, sample of data that had and I wanted to understand whether different ages were uh, more prone to recognize these stereotypes uh, or not. And then I came back to my course and my leader, my tutor at the time was like, yeah, great, but you're not doing a psychological study here. You're doing a graphic design master. You need to produce something visual. Why don't you visualize your research? So that initial research from her project, coupled with the conversation she had with her university tutor, led her a few years later to a conversation with HarperCollins, one of the world's largest publishing companies. When they found it online, they were really interested in the way that I put it together and I visualized the insights and they were like, you would be a really good fit to visualize this story that we have in mind of presenting the evolution of the world and the evolution of mankind through infographics. And I was like, really? Me? <laughs> and so, yeah, the book came about, which was an amazing experience. I wasn't quite sure what I was doing. I was basically learning by doing, which is probably the best way of learning anyway. Yeah, it was probably like the hardest challenge I ever undertook, but also the most rewarding one. Uh, we created 100 infographics. Um, each sprite of the book is uh, kind of like a standalone story. You can open it at any point and you can read the story or you can open or you can start from the start and then go progressively through prehistory to the modern world. And yeah, uh, it was a lot of data, a lot of like uh, experimentation in terms of like, you don't want to create a hundred bar charts, <laughs> otherwise the book will not sell. So a lot of different ways of creating, uh, yeah, more like illustrations, I suppose, based uh, data viz infographics and then since the book came out um i guess this was like an amazing uh business card right like a case study for people to say okay she can do she can do this kind of thing <laughs> and that was uh 2013 and then yes yeah, since then i've been basically flying solo um running my own business and really doing all sorts of things from brand identity that revolve around the presentation of insights and data visualization to um museum exhibitions. Uh, we also brought data visualization inside theater performances, all sorts of things, really. So yeah, fun. That fun, though, as you can imagine, can also be highly complex. For Valentina, there's an element of intrigue when she has to work hard at something to fully understand and grasp the concept, and then in turn visually represent her understanding through the correlations and representations of the data. Yeah, so I guess like I always had this interest that was about working with complexity or working at the intersection of visual communication and science, and that's suppose also backed up by this background that I have, right, engineering and then moving into visual communication. So after my postgraduate degree in London, I decided to stay in London because I was offered uh, my first job in an advertising agency. And I remember while everybody was like really keen to do the brand identity projects or the cool typographic posters or execution, 
I was always the black sheep of like a brief was coming in. It was really complex. And I was like, can I take it on? Uh, I really would like to dive into this, uh, into this project. So I, I think I was just naturally prone to work with data. Uh, somehow. And data for me is just a way to kind of like understand the world we live in, right? A core ingredient, I suppose, of what I'm doing is curiosity. I've always been this annoying kid of like asking, why is that? Why why, why do we call that the way? Or why is it working like so? Um, I never really stop asking why. Um, and I guess like data for me is just a way to figure out why things are the way they are. So I guess like the transition was uh, never like one day I woke up and I was like, oh, now I'm going to be working with data, but it was more like a natural progression of moving along the way, you know, and finding opportunities that allow me to engage the part of the brain that allow me to work with this complexity with data, with this material. All right. So we know a thing or two about Valentina now. Her love of data was instilled in her from a very early age, with an appetite to question everything around her, and also just by simply having a curiosity for how things work, behave, and develop. In today's world, and with the internet and all of its powerful social media platforms, data has been exploited and also represented in a way to skew the public perception about specific concepts, ideas, and issues. But we have to take a moment and stop here, because what actually makes good data, and how does Valentina work to ensure her data is valid, accurate, and trusted? I guess a good quality data is just data that fits to purpose, to whatever you're trying to do. I guess there are like just general rules of what you want to look into the data set in terms of like its validity, right? Like how complete, how consistent, how large is the sample that the data set is based on? What was the methodology in collecting it, but also maybe aggregating and comparing different regions, for instance. So there are many different kind of like variables, I suppose, that we can question whether a data set is good or not. If we're using a data set that is already out there, that is compiled, is available, I guess it's just a matter of uh, vetting the source. Who has made it publicly available as a, um, an organization that we trust? But also like it goes, uh, it goes so much deeper than just uh, whether the source is, um, is an authoritative and like a place that you trust. Because I remember thinking about what makes a good data set in terms of like it's completeness, right? So what makes good data is also like the understanding that we put, the context, the framing, the questions that we ask when we're collecting data. So let's say we have a good solid data set from a credible source ready for us to visualize. But how exactly should we as designers approach data visualization? Valentina provides some insights. Yeah, I guess the first step would be to understand the brief. So before jumping into how do we visualize this data, it's more like, why are we visualizing it? What's the purpose of this visualization? And who is our audience? As any design project, I suppose, you need to understand what you're doing before you can actually create something. 
and for who, of course. And because it's a communicate, it's an act of communication, this visualization, you need to know who is it the other on the other side, right? Because based on who you're trying to reach and also how, you will present the data in a completely different way. Just a simple example, if I'm creating a post for social media, it's gonna be completely different than if it's uh, something that leaves is an interactive website because it's completely different interaction, context, state of mind, attention span, and all of that, even if the data is exactly the same. So Having a good understanding of the brief, the purpose and the audience is absolutely crucial before we define the storytelling as well as the the visual elements. And then I guess once we know that, it's about finding those hidden stories, right? It's not just about rendering data, it's creating an experience that will make you click and will make you understand, oh, I understand why this data matters or the relationship of these numbers. And I guess in that, I usually what I try to do whenever I'm analyzing a data set is just, again, wearing the hat of the investigator with a curious mindset and pose questions. Who is in this data set? Who are the people represented? Because usually statistics are representing people, right? Or human behaviors or human experiences. So what are we trying to say with this data set about people? And if it's not about people, is it about regions and geographies? And if there is a where, is there also when? Do we see a trend? Things are changing over time. Um, and if there is a what, how much of the, of the thing are we visualizing? What are the, um, what are the metrics that we're looking at? What is the smallest values, the largest values? What are the outliers? So things that are, that are falling outside the, the density of the data. And that um, basically guides you to interesting points you want to surface and reveal. And then from that, you go into the encoding, which is transforming numbers into a visual system. And to encode data, what you use is actually visual perception. So how our brain processes information in a very fast and rapid and automatic way. So size, contrast, position, uh, all of that, as well as like visual literacy, semiotics, the kind of like meanings that we associate to visual attributes. So we read meaning into colors, into iconography, into visual metaphors. And then you combine these two visual patterns and visual literacy, and you try to create an encoding system that is uh, truly bespoken to the data set that we're visualizing. Valentina has worked with numerous partners, clients, and customers, and from both ends of the spectrum. Some bring exactly their visions, goals, and data to communicate an idea and concept, while others bring a question with no data but want to explore things further to build an understanding to their audience about a given topic. A few years ago, Valentina had the opportunity to work together in collaboration with Signal Noise, a digital agency, and Simmons, a German multinational corporation and one of the largest industrial manufacturing companies in Europe. And Siemens came to us saying, we would like to position our brand um, as this, this uh, digi- digitalization partner that makes your city smarter. So how do we engage the broad public with this idea of digitalization, right? Seeing something that is quite invisible, like smart sensors, smart system. Um, so we went into um, basically taking advantage of a partnership between Siemens and FC Bayern, and we harvest the data. We didn't have any data, but we harvest the data during a football game. And then we look at um, 
both what was happening on the pitch, so the game itself, but also what was happening in the stadium. And we uh, we recorded the energy of the fans, how um, how much noise we we could actually register, but also the type of noise through through the sequence of events. And then we correlated these two data sets, and we started to surface some interesting stories that were used for marketing purposes to actually talk about how Siemens is um, is making our city smarter through sensors. So obviously that was a quite an ambitious project. Uh, we had to collect our own data. We used technology and sensors. So I was I was part of a, I was part of a big team. Um, the client was very much involved, and all of that. Another example of a project that Valentina occasionally works on is a simple magazine publication coming to her for help to visualize something. For example, space flights. You have a month to come up with this story. It's going to be a printed infographic on, uh, I don't know, BBC Science Focus. And I do all the data research, the design and uh, the visualization by myself. Of course, I've got the editor of the magazine. I've got people on the other hand that will give me feedback and uh, will validate the, the process and all of that. But yeah, I'm kind of like more in charge of every step. Back to data. It's all around us. And as you can see, there are infinite possibilities on how to visualize it as well. But why is data so important to communicate? Yeah, well, I guess like data is important because it's everywhere in whatever we do. You know, like we tend to think about data as numbers in a spreadsheets, but data is really like a footprint of human activities, like everything <laughs> whatever we consume we buy we interact online um we eat we watch so and the kind of data is used right um to influence our lives so data is important because it's part of our lives we can't we can't separate ourselves from that. And then visualizing it is because we can make the stories hidden in the data visible. I use data as a way to learn about the world we live in. And when I visualize them, I'm hoping that these discoveries that I make are made accessible to other people so that we can expand the way that we're seeing the world. When we visualize the data, it's so much more than just rendering the data. For example, a bar chart might display the same data in a very static way, but it may not be the best representation of the data in its purest form. It's all about humanizing the data. It ultimately just stands for making relatable, making it personable so that you can actually access what it means. You can understand the implication of the numbers, you can understand a figure that might be just so big that is like, I don't even know what it means, you know, because I've never got this close to such a to such a um, a big figure. How can you break it down in a way that people can finally see it, understand it, and yeah, and take this piece of information and digest it? The way that I'm seeing my work is really like a bridge between the raw source or the raw material that we have and the audience. And the audience's understanding of the work is critical to Valentina's success. As we alluded to a little bit earlier on, gathering data from credible and trustworthy sources is important. But equally important is the way in which we look and use the data. For example, 
Is there really a way to look at data in a neutral perspective? I think you're bringing up a really interesting and important point of like, is there a neutral way of looking at data? And there isn't really. There is always an agenda behind because we're communicating and we're people communicating to people. There is always an intent, a purpose. And based on that intent and the purpose, as we were saying before, because we're communicating to an audience, you will frame the data in a specific way. You might also frame it to lie because there might be your agenda. And we've seen it in politics, like pretty often in recent years. And it's also quite, it's, it's quite important to talk about it, to raise awareness and data literacy in the public, because data visualization comes with a lot of arrogance as well, right? Like people take a bar chart and a pie chart in a serious way, like more than perhaps just written words. So from my point of view, I suppose like the way that I'm approaching whatever I do is always questioning those things like the ethics and what are we trying to say here? And like, what's, what's the reason why we're saying these things? But being aware and being transparent, I think, is uh, is really important. So with the methodology, with the kind of decisions that have been taken and uh, just to make it available so that people can actually make up their mind. As our third season focuses on the intersection of space, science, engineering, and how design fits into it all, we asked Valentina if she had any space-themed projects that she had worked on to visually depict the data set in a captivating, fun, and creative way. I guess I'm very fond of all my self-initiated research, um, I guess because it's, it's coming from a place of uh, passion rather than, you know, like a financial reward. Um, so, yeah, I suppose like uh, AuditVs um, is a data tribute to David Bowie. We created 10 sculptures engraved on LP discs of the 10 layers they make uh, space oddity is such a great song. I work with a musicologist, Miriam Quick, to deconstruct the song and then to put it together into this visual format. And um, yeah, the, um, the sculptures were paired with posters as well as like an animation. And Biden and Kennedy here in London provided us with a space. Um, this was 2017 to then celebrate the artist after one year um, of his death. and. Um, and to get together to kind of like see the unseen, to see the lyrics, but also see the emotions and uh, all these different layers that the song contains. At the end, we're all kind of like left with suspense because the reason quite close to the song, we're almost like left wandering in space with, um, with Major Tom. So the line actually does never really comes down um, in any of the 50 responses that we gather it stays kind of in this uh, suspended world. For any of you designers out there who are looking to get into the data visualization part of the industry, Melantina has some advice for you. Yeah, I guess like uh, my only advice would be not to get too demotivated or maybe intimidated by the field of data visualization because it feels like there are so many things that you need to master from handling the data and the research and the analysis to then designing and then maybe also developing. I think it's good to know that a lot of like the data visualization projects that you see out there are the results of great collaborations. There isn't usually like just one person doing everything. So collaboration is key. 
focusing on one aspect of the journey, whether it is uh, the data handling, maybe because you like the research part or you're good with math, could be your specialty. Or maybe you just want to focus on the design, that's totally fine. Of course, you will need to break the ice with the spreadsheet. Uh, that's, that's, that's totally part of the job. Yeah, you don't need to become like a data scientist. They're going to be people, they're going to be doing all the heavy lifting for you. Um, and I suppose like the, the best way to learn, uh, in my opinion, is just by doing. So do self-initiative projects, look into a data set that you're interested in, find it online or create it. <laughs> you can create your own data uh, by just looking at something that you're interested in and then start visualizing and start to create a portfolio that is based on data design projects. And that's usually the best way to be noticed, to apply for work and then to get the positive response is when you can actually prove that you can do it. In a world that has had to fight for factual information and confront misinformation, it's people like Valentina that are ensuring quality and accuracy in their work to make sure the public is informed correctly. Both for ethical and influential purposes, communicating data can be powerful. And it's how we use these powerful tools and skill sets that will make all the difference in the presentation and future of the world of data visualization. more about Valentina De Filippo and to see some of her work, visit her website valentinadefilippo.co.uk. You can also purchase her book of 100 visual depictions of our world titled The Infographic History of the World, which is co-authored by Valentina De Filippo and James Ball. Join us for next week's episode as we meet with John Lepore from Perception, an animation and film studio based in the metropolitan area of New York City. If you'd like to support the show or to learn more about Design Atlas, please visit our website, designatlaspod.com. To get in touch with us, DM us on Instagram or tweet us at designatlaspod or send us an email at hello at designatlaspod.com. You can also join the Design Atlas Slack community to connect with our show guests and get behind the scenes content and the latest design resources. Link is in the show notes. Finally, don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on the next episodes. We would really appreciate if you could give us an honest review about the show. Thanks again for listening to Design Atlas. Oh,